You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. This week, I am going to talk to a person that we're going to call Simon's Cat. <laughs> that's a um, that's that's not her actual name, just in case you were wondering. But um, Simon's Cat is in recovery herself right now, and she's in a pretty good place. She says herself she's got some way to go yet, but I think as you'll be able to tell from um, me talking to her and what she says, that she's kind of on the way out. And uh, that's incredible. (laughs) What we're going to talk about in this podcast is how she got to where she is now. And she attributes this success to the help that her parents gave her. I actually recorded this audio to use for something else. I was going, or I am going to use parts of it for a presentation that I'm doing with Rachel Milner, Therese Waterhouse, and Rebecca Peebles at the AED conference in Chicago in April. And we're doing a talk about adults with eating disorders and how principles of family-based treatment can actually be used. And just parents and family and even partners and on-the-ground support can be used for adults in the same way that it can be used for children in the refeeding stages and recovery from anorexia. But I wanted to share the conversation that we had here as well. Here's our conversation. To give like a little bit of background, um, I developed, I yeah, developed anorexia when I was a sophomore in high school. So I was about 15, 16. And my parents, um, I'm the youngest of four, and my parents did notice pretty quickly that something was up. Um, and for the next essentially nine to 10 years, they had did everything they possibly could to help me. Um, and I was just not hearing it at all. Uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, no, no, nothing. And it wasn't until over the summer of 2017, when I was diagnosed with osteoporosis, um, that I finally came to the, I finally heard what they were saying. Um, and my partner, uh, was, didn't know what to do. My parents were like, just, just come back to California to come back to California. So I went back to California and I, I quit, I put my job in New York and had I not moved back in with them and had that sort of, and it was, it was before I had even heard your podcast about FBT. It was just the fact that I knew I needed more help and CBT therapy, I stopped going because it didn't help at all. It was just like talking and we were going around in circles and we were saying the same things. And it was even, um, so the, the CBT therapist in New York didn't work, the nutritionist in New York didn't work. Um, and I just needed more help because it was, I could wake up and say, today's going to be different, go into the grocery store and leave with the same oatmeal and yogurt, walk back out. Um, and I can remember like when I had gotten to like wit's end and I was like, I literally cannot do this. I can't do this by myself. I need more help. And I was petrified. I didn't want to go inpatient because I could see myself being one of those cases. That was the rotating door. I was, I was petrified of going and, and restoring weight and then just getting kicked out and then relapsing all over. Um, I didn't want that. And I wanted, I, I want, I guess I just needed my parents and because me and my partner had been doing everything that they could, but 
they have their own job. They can't be with me 24 seven. We got to make rent like, you know, and, and I could easily lie or hide food. I needed extra support and I didn't want it from people that I didn't know. I want it from people that knew me before I got sick. Um, and so I went home and did outpatient therapy and group therapy, saw a nutritionist that knew eating disorders, saw a GP who knew eating disorders. And so how did you, so how, how did your parents help you? The first morning, um, the night before the night I arrived, I said to them, cause I was feeling, I usually had like, I would go through waves, like feeling really motivated. And I was like, don't let me get away with anything. Make sure I eat. I woke up in the morning and they sat down in, like my mom sat on one side and my dad's on the other side. And I had a bowl of cereal and I literally cried into the cereal. It was just cereal, but it was, you're eating this day. We're here with you. Yeah. And it was in, and I, I, I cried. And then you, you, know know, you fast forward <laughs> a week and it was, I didn't, I wasn't crying anymore. Um, and it was having that someone tell you like, you're going to have to have night snack. You're going to have to have fun food, which ends up being delightful. I remember like the first night I couldn't, I couldn't eat a chocolate. I, there's no way I could eat a chocolate after dinner. I had a chocolate. Then the next night I was having like three chocolates and I was having like Twixes and Kit Kats and it was all okay. And it wasn't until we get into it a few weeks and I was comfortable enough when I could separate myself from um, disordered thoughts. And I remember my dad was going to bed my mom was doing some emails for work. And I got like really angry that they didn't check on me for night snack because I wanted them to come and say, it's time to have your night snack now. And they didn't say it. And instead of just like saying, okay, I've gotten away with it. Let me go upstairs and go to sleep. I went into the family room and I said, I have to tell you something. It's really hard for me to say, but by saying it, I just got to say it. And I don't know what I, I was just like in my head right now, I'm really mad at you guys because you're not telling me to eat my night snack. And my mom was just looking and she was like, of course you want you to eat your night snack. And I was like, I think sometimes I need you to tell me. And then, and it became a thing. And then it was, as soon as I said it out loud, I'm like, I'm getting married in a few months. Why in the world do I feel like I had this really passive aggressive, like petulant child anger towards my parents if they don't notice that I'm not eating? Like, what is that? It was a real turning point to be able to say it, that I was like angry. I had this anger inside and it wasn't towards them. I know it really wasn't, but there was something there. Um, it came into therapy with me. My dad would distract me like no other on the way to the uh, nutritionist, on the way back from dinners out. Um, they drove me everywhere because I didn't have a car there. Um, I spent the, like, I, it was, we really got to have quality time. And it was, it was amazing. It was really, really, really hard. Um, but it was, it, it needed to happen. Um, I feel that there's a bit of a um, healing element because, well, for me, I was so aggressive towards my parents whenever anyone did try to get me to eat. But then, I mean, they didn't really help me recover because, but after I had, I was able to go back and kind of eat with them. And that was a really healing thing for me. And all of us, I think, for me to just be able to sit down from, and let them feed me, which I, I could it do. It was really point. powerful. And it was, especially because I was there for the holidays. I was there for Thanksgiving and... It was one of those things where like, we, I can remember like 
going back from a therapist appointment with my mom in the car and I put on the Thanksgiving podcast that you had done. Um, and it was kind of like a, and my therapist and I had come up with the, the, the line that I'm going to be sitting at the table. It's going to be really hard, but I'm going to eat the food. And if I need a moment, my code word was fine, which stands for uh, fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and, and emotional. Um, and I could take a moment and not act on the disordered, but just kind of like take a moment to kind of like gather myself and get back into it. But I couldn't have done it without them. Hand, no, There's no way. And it was like it had gotten to the point where we were on a, a like a weekend trip and I was lying on a bed in a hotel and my partner had seen me not eat lunch and just like pretend to eat lunch. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm I tried, like I, you saw what I ordered. That was challenge enough. Leave me alone. Blew up into a, in this explosive fight. I remember lying on the bed and just thinking, just let me die. Just let me like, just let this all be over, please. I just want to like disappear and not give them any stress anymore. I know, I know that really one too. Really not. And I never, ever thought I would get to that point. I really didn't. I always thought I'm going to be like a functioning person with this problem and it's going to be fine. Um, and then that only lasts for so long. Exactly. If you can't eat, you can't function. I really wish that I'd been able to do what you did. I wish that I'd been able to do that and go home and just say, refeed me. I think that it would have been so much easier had I done that. Um, I wish that more people would do that as well. I, it was, so I had to unplug my life. I kept saying, I can't leave New York. I have a job here. I have, I'm getting married. Who am I thinking? Like what? I'm moving back with my parents and it, it's little things like during my time there, my dad had, okay, well, before I went back, my dad once said to me when I was crying on the bathroom floor after having a really bad night, um, and I don't know why I called, because it was rare for me to call I was, I was having a bad night, and my dad just said to me that, like, anytime I feel hopeless and in this hole of depression and yet yeah, no hope, um, it wasn't really a hole. It was a tunnel, and all I had to do was keep putting one foot in front of the other, and I would get into the light. Um, we, we, yeah, yeah. Sometimes all you have to do um, is ask for help. He, even when I was in California, gave me the metaphor about Lord of the Rings. And it was like, I became Frodo and my dad was Gandalf. And it was, I had to destroy the ring. Anorexia (laughs) is the ring. There's a whole bunch of correlations between Lord of the Rings and having an eating disorder. And, um, it ended up being that my partner was Samwise because they're the one that's going to be walking with me all the way to drop that ring in, but I have to be the one to do it. But I, I have support. If you use it, it can be there, but you have to do it too. You do. And you have to make the decision to use the support. And that usually takes, um, annihilating your ego, which was my problem and actually saying, Oh yeah. shit, I actually can't feed myself. Need help. Need someone to help me do that. Which feels ridiculous yeah. and you get used when you're to an adult. Seeing, like, okay, well, this is a lot of food. And then you're there, Then you have your, my mom would be there and she'd be like putting extra heapings on like, that's a normal amount of food. And if you want more, you should get more. But that became a whole nother thing. It was like, can I get more? Like, can you tell me to get more? I need someone to tell me to get more because I know I, I know I should be able to get more by myself. But right now I need you to tell me it's okay for me to get more. Um, just the like different nights of 
me crying and them like rubbing my back. Or I can remember, I have a cat. I love my cat to bits and pieces. And I wanted my cat to be with me because it was like my spirit animal support system. And I, they even, they put up with that. They put up with me having a night where I was crying my eyes out because I missed my cat. Not that I missed my fiance, mind you, but I missed my cat. It, they, oh, they're the best. They sound they amazing. The, the absolute best. But that's, is there anything that, um, because I think that for, say, um, parents that are refeeding young children and teenagers, there's quite a lot of FBT information and there's trainings that they can do and support. There isn't that much for parents refeeding adult children. Yeah. And it's definitely a different dynamic when you're an adult. Um, and so do you think that if there was more of that stuff out there? That yeah. Them? I, yeah, they needed, they were, they made it very clear. They were learning just as much as I was learning. They have to learn the best way to challenge me without shaming me because I can remember one instance in particular towards the beginning where I, for some reason, couldn't have a snack and all I could grab was an apple. And my mom said something and I was so mortified and ashamed and guilty about what she was going through, but then also angry that she said that, that she was making fun of my apple because that was all I could manage to do. And we learned, we got through it and it was kind of like... And yeah. then yeah, being the able part, to come into it? therapy with me a few times and, and it kind of be like, if you're ever thinking about saying something, just say it because we know we're going to survive it, get it out. And then we'll get it out there. And cause you're a team, like you were a team with them. It was, you wanted to recover. They were helping you. And of course, due to the fear factor that you're going through, that's yeah. going to lead to blow ups for sure. And anorexia is pretty damn emotional when you've got a fear emotion around food coming up, but you work, you work, it sounds like you were just a really good team though. And, um, and there was, I mean, I don't know what it was. I really, I I hate, I hate anorexia. So it's like like one of those things where, um, little tricks that I had learned in high school and through college when it had first developed towards the beginning of my time there, I tried to do them, but something in me, was able to say, say what you just did. And it would be like one time we went out for bagels and my mom was waiting for a coffee and I ripped up some of the bagel and I threw it away. And she came over and I said, I just, I just threw some food away. Like, like ha And so then it became this thing where my mom was like, if we went out, she would be with me to make sure like stuff like that couldn't happen. But it was, we really all were able to learn together. That's, in, that's incredible. And that's actually a really inspirational Sometimes I'm I'm not done. I'm by no means am I done. And sometimes I wish that I was still there. Some, um, but we're moving forward. And still, still there, still at your parents. Yeah. So, sometimes I, but it's early days, I guess. And you're still learning. It's yeah. that it, you you learn from that. Oh, I need someone to give me permission. Like I need you to give me permission to have my night snack. And then I think that the next stage of learning is oh. I need to give myself permission yeah. to do that. And okay, well, what's what's the in-between here? How can I also get support and accountability but not have them there to tell me? So I don't know what you do, probably like maybe text or just you can you can create your own sort of accountability or your step-down level, can't you? Yeah, and it's an extra level of difficulty because um, so I went back in September and had insurance. I was on my parents' insurance until I turned 26, when I turned 26, um, 
couple weeks ago. So now I have no longer have insurance, which means that I no longer have, I can't see my team as it were. So now it really is just relying on that family support and, and knowing that like, you got to just put one foot in front of the other and handle this and don't slip and non-negotiable. You got to eat. And, um, my, like my partner has said multiple times that if you had asked them a year ago, had, if there was a future where I would be recovered, there's a, no, it's always going to be something that's in the background. And finally, like we can see a time where we can have a family and this is done. Cause you're prepared to do what it takes. You were prepared to go home and stay with your parents. That is wanting recovery. If that is being prepared to do what it takes and you, you're doing that. It was, um, I, but I, I, I know, I do realize how lucky I am to have a family that my dad always says like these bridges, bridges don't burn. And I really, I did, I was lucky to have that support and to have them not, uh, c- 10 years is a long time. Like, <laughs> and, and I, and I know there's a lot of people, but it did get in at a very young age and it got to the point where I thought that I just really was that kind of angry person, really cynical, um, tired oh you're in for a pleasant surprise (laughs) but um yeah it was it it was really inspiring to have my and they knew how uncomfortable I was because I had been once it had gotten it hooks in I mean I was I got to an unhealthy weight and I and I had like stayed down that that became my new norm so getting up and out of that has been a big shift um and it's been really uncomfortable but to hear like my dad say that no matter the difference in your appearance, we're seeing our daughter come back. It is really cool, isn't it? And it's it's so wonderful that you were able to do that and they could be part of that process and a really effective and amazing part of that process as well. And for you to be able to say, I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. That's incredible. It's it's incredibly brave of you to have gone and done that, but it, it worked out and it's what you needed to do to get you to where you are now and you can do the rest of the work. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, it was, it was a lot and it was, it had come at a time when I, so I had gone to, I had been convinced since the time I was very young that I wanted to be an actress and that I went to college for acting, got my bachelor's degree in acting and I had an agent and I was, I was acting. I was, I was, you know, commercial auditions and it's so appearance based. And then I sort of had like all of these eating disorder journals that kept writing in it. Like if I could go back in time, it's too late for me. If I could go back in time, I would get my degree in biology. And it was, and then it was part of all of that, like rock bottom. And I realized I don't want to act like, and I'm, it's really easy to cry on stage or on camera when you're hungry because your emotions are all on edge. So it's not good acting. It was really just, I was hungry. Um, and so I've applied to go back to school and I'm taking post-bot classes and I'm going into the sciences and I want to go into research. And I, I got a full-time job at this, um, psych, like this private practice psychiatrist office and I'm doing lab research there. And it's like, it's not too late, but I couldn't have done it unless I hit that rock bottom and said, I need help. Parents help me. And it's, but it, it, it definitely is learning because it's one of those things when you're an adult and you don't have that, like, I'm. I could have said no at any time. And that's why it gets so hard because it's like that fine line of even the, there's a program at Columbia now for adults with eating disorders, right? And at any time they have to sort of, 
again, it's challenge, but not shame. And also remember the fact that these are adults who can leave anytime they want to. It, we started slow. It wasn't like a all in boom, 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 like completely different world. It was getting me comfortable. Yeah. But that's what you can do when you're working as a team. That's when you're able to tell someone, I need this in order to do this. And then, and you're working as a team with someone individually to give towards what you need. You can do that. You can say, all right, first of all, one chocolate bar, one chocolate bar after dinner or something's going to be all I can handle, seriously. But then in two days time or three days time, when you know you can handle more, you have to be the one to say, all right, push me harder. And it has to be that teamwork thing. And I'll never forget. There was one night, it was near Halloween. My mom was out at some work thing. My dad was in the garage, like painting a model and it was dinner time. And I knew I had to have dinner. And I was like, dad, I'm going to make dinner. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And he like came in and out. And it was one of those, it was the first time that I had really like been able to do it where I got my full on plate. I had my full meal and my dad like came in and then he left. And then I sat on the couch and I ate it all. And he came back in and he was like, how you doing? How you doing? I'm like, I think I just did it. <laughs> and it was, it, it was so dumb to feel, not dumb, but it was, I, I had this like surge of like pride and I was like, I just did it. And I, and I, and I cleared away my plate and it was, and I could then, then my mom came home later on. And I was able to eat some more with her, but it was like, I, I think I learned how to eat again. And that was when my dad and my mom and, and they were like, you're ready to go back to New York. You can do this. You've learned Amazing. to eat again. Like, you know what it is. And then I, when I came back, even for like, just like a, like two or three days or something, it was like for a wedding dress fitting. And and I remember like thinking non-negotiable, non-negotiable, went back, made sure I hadn't slipped and I hadn't slipped. And it was like, I can do this. We, we got this. Like, okay, it's okay. I love so much about that story. Mostly I love that she was brave enough and courageous enough to go home and say, I need help. That is incredible. And I'm just thoroughly inspired and I hope that other people will be inspired in that way. And I know that for everybody listening to this, for lots of you, it's just not going to even be an option to go home and stay with your parents to get refed. But you can work out how to make it work. You can work out among your resources what you need in order to support you to go through that really scary and tough time. A lot of the time that does involve sort of swallowing the ego a bit. I wish I'd done that. I wish that I had been able to swallow my pride more and actually ask for help. I know that I often said, oh, there's, there's nobody that's going to be able to help me do this. So I need to do it on my own. That wasn't true. There were plenty of people that could have helped me do it. My parents could have helped me do it. And had I gone just as um, Simon's cat told in her story today, had I gone home and allowed my parents to help me. They would have. And had I done that <laughs> the year after my eating disorder started, that would have saved me ooh, 11 years of it. And so if there's one thing that I have regret around, that is not allowing my parents to help me when they tried to. And um, regret's a really tough thing because you don't get that time back. 
and had my parents not been able to help me, I know that there was, there was other help that I, if I'd sought it out, if I'd really looked for it, if I'd swallowed my pride, I would have been able to get much more support than I allowed myself to have. There's many different paths to recovery. I had mine and mine was obviously important because I learned a heck of a lot in recovering the way that I did and I now have been able to use that information to share with other people. But work out what your path to recovery is and what's going to be the quickest and fastest way to get you to where you need to be so that you can get the hell on with your life and enjoy it and not spend a day more in this shithole of anorexia than you need to. Before I go, I'm just going to read you something that Simon's cat sent me after our conversation that she wanted me to add. One thing that keeps on knocking around in my noggin, apart from my dad and his brilliant Lord of the Rings analogy, and something that really helped actually get me into the cab to JFK and on the plane back to my parents in California, was when my mum assured me, you've got this because we've got you. And she said that it gave her so much strength. And she also emphasised again, I couldn't have done this without them and I can't stress it enough. I would have lost everything if not for having my parents' support. And then she wrote, going back was really healing for all of us. Getting those lost years, going back to when I was 15, eating and learning. I swear I matured more in those three months than I did in the decade I was suffering from anorexia. It brought it all back to basics and all to the forefront. I wasn't able to run away because I knew the options became recover and get back a life and get back my fiancé and cat in New York or lose myself and everything. My life and my livelihood was on the line. My parents wouldn't let me settle for existing. All they ever wanted was for me to be genuinely happy, which is impossible with an eating disorder. Don't just pull the reeds, but re-garden. It's never too late. And I'm excited for the future. I'm not going to settle. Well, I think that's just wonderful. And I hope that that is inspiration for anybody listening here. You might not necessarily have the uh, um, option of parent support, but there's always some support out there for you. It just takes finding it and looking for it and committing to it. But it's there, I promise you. It really is. There are people who can help you do this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, cheerio.